Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Let's stand up for a minute. We're going to say something together, something that's been repeated over and over in this series. Um, Let's say, God's not giving me. Say, God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look at the person next to you or find someone. Say, God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Kids, grab, grab or glab, glab or grab. Whatever you want to do, grab your Bibles this morning. Let's take a seat. Let's open our Bibles to Mark 4.35. I'm going to be very noty today, if that's okay, because I want to stay on point and focus. And we're going to have a time of prayer after this message. And I'm believing for, for many of us to respond because, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, we all have dealt with the measure of fear. Who's dealt with fear? Oh, come on. Who's dealt with fear? Let's put our hands. Let's be honest this morning. You know, I, I hate, I hate, I hate this spirit of fear. And I love, I love, I love this spirit of love. I hate seeing the people of God. I hate seeing people hemmed in and held back from their destinies. Hemmed in and held back from the things that God's calling them to do. Because God has called us to do more. Amen? You know, when we're little, what do we do? You know, little kids, what do you, you know, when we ask them questions, we say, what, what do you hope to be when you're older? They have big dreams, don't they? They don't say, well, you know, I don't want to do anything with my life. Have you ever heard a little kid? I've never heard. And if you do, lay hands on them and pray for them. But have you ever heard a little child say, I don't want to do anything with my life? Have you ever heard that? It's like, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. I want to be Donald Trump. Probably not. But I want to be the president, Right? Because we were created for more. Say, I was created for more. Say, I'm not finished yet. Say, my best days are ahead of me. My widest roads are ahead of me. I'm going to think wide. I don't think small. I think big. Because I serve a big God. Look at your neighbor. Say, your best days are before you. They're before you. Can we say amen to that this morning? Okay, we're going to read Mark 4 this morning. Mark 4, oh, this is nice and warm. Ooh, just stay right here. Mark 4:35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking in the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, Jesus, okay, was asleep in, on a cushion of all things, so, uh, so uh, specific. And they, then they woke, and they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is this then that the wind and sea 
obey him. Like they hadn't seen Jesus already perform miracle after miracle already. He had healed the man with the withered hand. He had healed the man that was paralyzed. So here in the story, the disciples get in the boat with Jesus and they're crossing over to the lake. Do you guys know this story? What are they crossing over the lake to do? There's a man on the other side of the lake, crazy man, filled with 2,000 demons, filled with a demon called Legion, and they're crossing over to the lake. So they just think it's going to be, you know, this like little crossover to the lake, like Cultus Lake, right? No. So a great windstorm comes, and so big that the waves are crashing inside of the boat, and they are freaking out. And they're saying, teacher, they wake Jesus up. So Jesus is asleep. He is not worried about anything. I don't know. He's just got giant earplugs in. He is not hearing anything. He's not worried about anything. And they say, teacher, Jesus, rabbi, do you not care that we are perishing? So Jesus gets up, probably really annoyed. I would be if someone was waking me up from my sleep. My kids always know. Don't wake mom up, wake dad up. But for some reason, I think, if I remember correctly, Frankie got out of his cage in the middle of the night and was sniffing me. And I was like, Frankie, what are you doing here? What's happening? Yeah. But they woke Jesus up. And you know what he said? He said, peace, be still. And what happened? The calm came in. And then he looked at his disciples and he said, do you still not have faith? in God after everything that you've seen. And I want to say this morning, Jesus said at the beginning of the story, it's time to cross over to the other side. And I want to prophetically declare to this church, church, it's time to cross over to the other side. It is a time this season that we have our hope and our, and our faith in Jesus Christ, that our hope as a church, as people, as the people of God, is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. This is the day of joy. This is the day of peace. This is the day to believe. This is the day, like I said, that our best days are ahead of us. And we will cross over to the other side. That God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we have too much ahead of us to shrink back. We have too much to live for, to think small. And it is our time, church, to get into the boat and cross over to the other side. Most of the things that we spend time worrying about, like the disciples were afraid of the storm. Jesus was not even afraid. You know why? Because they were going to be okay. It was going to be okay. And it's like Jesus is saying in all of this as we cross over to the other side, it's going to be okay. Let's just let them sleep. Just like, just have faith in God. Let's just peace be still as we cross over to the other side because God has called us more. He's called us to fulfill the Great Commission. Just like they got into that boat, they crossed over to the other side. Everything was okay. And what happened? That man, that man that nobody wanted to have anything to do with, all alone on, this, on, this, on the other side of this lake, Jesus cast the demons out of this man. And that's what we're called to do, church. We are called to go reach the lost, the dying, the sick, and the broken. And what the enemy wants to try to do is hem us in, hold us back, get so focused on ourselves, on our needs, on our fears, on this, or what if this happens, and what if they don't use me, and what if something here happens, and I don't get this job, and I don't get this house, and like whatever our fears are, the enemy just like lies, lies, lies. But when we don't have our faith in God, those lies are so much louder than the word of God inside of us. So when Jesus is saying, have faith in God, we know we're mature believers here. Hebrews 11, faith comes by what? 
hearing and hearing by the word of God that we have to have this word so built up inside of us so that then when the enemy comes and he says this and he says that and lies and lies and lies, we say no. We say peace be still in the name of Jesus and that darkness in the mouth of that enemy is shut up in the name of Jesus. And we all said amen. So it's a time to cross over to the other side, church. It's a time to have faith in God. And I want to talk for a little bit this morning on the fear of failure. Fear of failure is when we allow the fear from, to stop us doing from the things that can move us forward to achieve the goals that God has for us. There's a faith that is greater than your fear, and that faith is found in Jesus Christ. That faith is found in his word. That faith is found in the promises of God. I'm here to tell you that all the promises towards you today, church, are yes and amen. And just like we sang that song, we, we specifically sang that song, and, and forgive me for singing it. I thought you guys already knew it, and I could tell once we started singing it, you didn't. But that's going to be a song, I believe, that we should sing in this church because it's the word of God. And the word of God is quick. And it's powerful and it's sharper. And I love singing the word because I wake up on, on Monday morning. I'm like, well, if we're going to sing something, we might as well sing the word of God. Because when we wake up on Monday morning, it's the people of God. What's in our soul, in our, in our spirit? It's the word of God. And we wake up tomorrow morning and we're like, yes, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 1.20. But did you know that that's, if you go, we're not going to look at it today. But if you go look at it tomorrow or whenever, if you look at your notes. It's saying that all the promises of God are yes, that heaven has already shouted yes over every person in this place. But it's incumbent upon us that we reach to, towards heaven. We reach our hand out to the hand of God, and we shout with heaven, and we say amen. And when we shout with heaven and say amen, miracles happen. We cross over to the other side of the lake. We accomplish the things that God's calling us to do. And there's some of you here I believe, today, that are dealing with the fear of failure. You've been disappointed in life. Things haven't turned out like you thought they were going to. You felt jaded, hopeless. Things are never going to be good, and, and, and they'll always stay like this forever. Again, lies. And you know it's always the enemy when he's saying always and never. Did you hear me? You know it's the enemy who's saying it's always going to be like that, and it's never going to be good. Because the enemy will use generalizations because when we use, say, you were to use always and never, it can bring a sense of hopelessness because it's like, well, what's the point? It's always going to be like that. No, that's a lie. The dreams for your life haven't turned out exactly like you had planned. In short, some of you have felt like a failure. And there's even some of you here that, that need to cross over to the other side into your next season and are afraid to let go of this one because you're still waiting for things to happen that you thought would happen, but they haven't happened yet like they thought they would. Failures don't make us a failure. Failures in life don't make your entire life a failure. Failures are a part of life. And have we failed? Oh, yes. Many times. Have we succeeded? Oh, yes. Many times. And as Rick Warren said, it's not just a you problem, but failure is a human problem. Thomas Edison said this. He said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Many of life failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success, but they gave up. Albert Einstein said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Did you hear that? Albert Einstein, one of the smartest minds, if not one, the smartest mind in the world, said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. He said, failure is just success in progress. Walt Disney, okay, he said, everyone falls down. Getting up is how you learn to walk. 
Walt Disney, we might have not known this, Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. He then faced a series of failures that included this, being forced to dissolve his first animation studio and he lived on dog food. Did you know that? Having one of his early characters, Oswald the Rabbit, and his design team stolen by him by Universal Studios. His idea for Mickey Mouse was downright turned down, okay, by MGM because he was told the giant mouse on the screen would scare old ladies. <laughs> oh, man. All of this before the final successful premiere of the now classic, which was a gateway for the success of Walt Disney with, with Snow White. And church, I want to say to you today, on the other side of your fear is the destiny that God has for your life. On the other side of failures is the destiny. As, as, as our life will always be filled with some failures, but they lead us towards our successes. Some of us here have decided that we're not going to try because it just won't work, you know. But as we can see today, we just have to keep going and we have to walk over to the other side and receive the grace that God has for us. Rick Warren said, there is no point in fearing failure because failure is inevitably part of life. Instead, Christians must accept failure and seek to redefine it, therefore causing it to lose its control over one's life. Rick Warren said, we've all made mistakes. It's not just a you problem, but it's a human problem, he explains, adding. Not only have you mis made mistakes in the past, but you'll also make more in the future. I guarantee it. Even playing it safe and refusing to take, refusing to take risks is a mistake. You'll never overcome the fear of failure until you fully accept the reality that you're not perfect. Say, I'm not perfect. Say, I'll never be perfect. But I'm here on earth to be perfected in Jesus Christ. He says, you've already failed many, many times in life. He said, so have I. You're a failure in some area of your life right now, and you'll fail a lot more in the future. While everyone experiences failure at some point in their life, those who are successful persevere despite their setbacks. Great people are simply ordinary people who have an extraordinary amount of determination. They have an extraordinary amount of determination. I'm sure we could just close our eyes and think of that person right now. Do you remember those? Um, I remember this toy. I don't know if I had one. I wanted one if I didn't have it. My mom always made me eat cornflakes. I was that child. I had, <laughs> where's my mom? She's not, oh, she's in Jones Church. I can't even make fun of her. But do you remember that toy back in the day where it had the weight in the bottom? And it was like, you punched it? Remember, was it a clown? Remember that thing? Pardon? Oh, is that what it was called? Oh, I love that. It had a name. But life's like that. We just got to get back up. We just got to get back up. It's like you get down, you go back up. You get down, and we go back up. We just got to keep going. We realize that we're never a failure unless we quit. <laughs> unless we quit. So as we're in the boat, like the disciples were, when the storms and the tempests in life come, and they will come, and they will come, it's, it's like we just think if it's not sunny and there isn't rainbows and ponies all the time, something is wrong. <laughs> But Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said that. He said that. And we have to remember to measure the word of God against itself. That's why we have to know the Bible. So when stuff happens, sometimes it's nothing's wrong. You know, and sometimes we blame everything. We all know those people. They blame everything on the devil. Well, it was the devil. 
Well, it was the devil. Oh, yeah, it was the devil. You know what? Some things are from the enemy, but some things are just life. It's raining today. I wish it was sunny, but the devil didn't make it rain today. That's just part of life. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have rain. You will have wind. You will have, now I'm going to say earth, wind, and fire. (laughs) But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome all that. So when we're in the boat, when we're having those days, and we're, and we're setting sail to what we believe God's calling us to do and the wind and the storm comes and we feel confused and we're scared and we're like shaking Jesus and we're like, Jesus, do you not hear me? Do you not see what's happening? How many of you have done that? I've done that and I'm just like crying in my car and I'm like listening to music. I'm like, Jesus, do you not even care? And you know what? Sometimes he just doesn't say anything. Nothing. Nothing. Like he's just sleeping in the boat and when I know when he's saying nothing, It's because it's going to be okay. Just like Psalm 2 says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. You know, and sometimes he will give me a word and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. But I'm mature enough in my walk with the Lord that when he says nothing, you know, and I'm crying out to him, he'll just bring like a peace to my heart. Sometimes he he will say nothing, but he'll bring a peace to my heart, and I know that it's going to be okay. Church, and we must cross over to the other side. We must keep moving ahead. We must, you know, and and for some of us, I can think of some things in my life that I would have liked to accomplish that I would have thought would have happened by now. And and maybe some ships have come and maybe some ships have sailed and I'm not here to cast blame on why they didn't happen or whatever. But like my father-in-law likes to quote Winston Churchill. I don't totally love the quote, but I, it's good when you're going through hell. I think it was, he just said, keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Just when you're going through life, let me say it like that. Keep going because perhaps a ship did sail, okay? And I'm sure we can all think of something right now of disappointment or hurt in our life. Like, man, I wish that it happened. Perhaps a ship did sail in your life. But guess what? God will bring another one. God will bring another one. And that's why we have to keep going. It's because like some of us, we just stand at that harbor and the ship left and it's gone. And you can just see it, the smoke, and it's gone. And we're just standing there waiting for another one. It's been 10 years. We're waiting for the ship to come back. No, just keep moving. Just keep moving, walking through life. We'll get to another port and there'll be another ship. But your best days are ahead of you and it is never over. Psalm 96 says, sing a new song unto the Lord. God is always going to be doing something fresh. God is always wanting to do something alive and vibrant in our lives. I was in a church ministering in Lethbridge a few weeks ago and, and the pastor on the Sunday morning was preaching out of this. And, and I saw the scripture up there. It said, sing a new song unto the Lord. It was at Frank Harms Church. And, and I heard the Lord just whisper into my heart. He said, see, Jen? He said, I'm always going to be doing something new in your life. I'm like, you, I was like, so childlike conversation. I'm like, you are? You are always going to be doing something new in my life? He said, yes. He said, I'm always going to be giving you new things to sing about, new things to write about, new things to testify about, because there's never an end to the new things that I'm, that I'm going to do for you. But fear likes to just come in and say, I'm, he's never going to do anything new. We're never going to have a new testimony. No one's ever going to come here. Uh, you know, people aren't going to get saved. No, no. But as we just keep moving, as we walk ahead and we just expect and we get in the boat and, and, we, and we walk ahead across the lake to the Great Commission in the boat, they're heading over to the man with the demons. Just keep 
moving. And while you're moving, wait, but don't just stand there and do nothing paralyzed in fear. John 10.10 says the thief, the thief has come to what? Steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and more abundantly. We got to cross over to the other side. Um, some of you might know that we, well, we just moved here. I think we all know that. But we just bought a house up at Cultus Lake. And I'm telling you, man, like I was riding bikes with Josiah. Hey, bud. Down in this neighborhood, down in Lindell Beach, it was, an, it was an older established neighborhood. And I like, I was so overcome with like awe and just like, like, like Jacob's ladder, you know, Jacob's dream, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't aware of it, and we're like riding bikes around here, I'm like, how did I not know that this was all up here, and like, I don't know if you've ever, like, you wanted to cry, but you couldn't cry, I don't know, I'm kind of weird that way, but like, I'm like, trying to make, I'm like, I can't even cry, like, I'm just like, I'm so overcome with emotions, like trees, and the lake, and the beautiful homes, and like, the perfectly manicured lawns, it was just so beautiful, and um, there's this trail up there, Teapot Hill. You done it? Are we going to do it? We are going to do it. You're going to do it? We can all do it. Okay, I'm going to try to do it five days a week. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't I say I'd do it all? Okay. But we're, we're going up there for the first time, and Sydney and I have Frankie with us. And it's just beautiful. We're just going on. Oh, fr- oh, Sorry. Frankie's our child that we leave at home. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just think nobody knows Frankie. Frankie is our beagle. We have this love. Well, I have this love-hate relationship for Frankie. Mostly I love him, but sometimes I don't love him because I think he peed on my carpet this morning in our brand new house. I don't know. Someone did. See, he's a someone. See, he's a person. He's a person to me. I actually, I actually talk to Frankie like he's a person. Like, I actually hear myself talking to him, and I'm like, and I actually say this, excuse me. I actually hear myself saying, excuse me, to my dog. Or I'll be like, could you please not do that? <laughs> anyway, so I'm sorry. I do humanize my dog. It's kind of weird. But Frankie is our beagle. We got him last year. Anyway, so we were walking Frankie, our beagle, who was literally pulling us up this hill but we so we're just talking about how beautiful it is and we get to this one part on teapot and there's this huge cliff down this side okay and it's it's just like a little thinner I'm a little more used to it now because I've done it four times but the first time was like oh man so I'm I'm trying to be like oh we'll be fine so Frankie's just like charging up charging the mountain you know and in fact there's a another crazy story that he did the other day he went flying down the mountain but so we're walking up this cliff in Sydney. We get halfway up, and Sydney's like, I want to do this. So she actually says something to the effect of, I'm not going to fulfill my destiny if we keep walking up this hill. <laughs> she actually said that. She's like, I can't see any more of my life anymore. So <laughs> I'm like, baby, we're not going to die on this hill. So I'm like, we're going to the top. We're going to see what's up there, you know? And there's so much more, but fear will do that. It's like you're, you're, you have hope, you have dreams, you have aspirations on your heart, and you're just like, you're walking up there, and you're like, this is great. And then you get to this one part, and you're like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And you know what happens? That fear just like Hampton holds you back. You have people that say, you know what, you can't do it. You don't have enough money. You're not, you're not talented enough. You know, you don't have the right connections. You know, you'll, you'll never, you'll never be able to afford it, you know. But then, and then the enemy will start using people. People, yes, does the enemy use us sometimes? Yeah, he does. You know, people, 
just to, just to bring, like, just make us small, to make us small. And then you know what happens? We walk back down that path. We walk back down that path, and we never saw was on the other, up, up there. And had we not kept going up that path, well, we were expecting it to be more glorious, but it was wonderful. It was beautiful. We, we, got, we got to the top of Teapot, and you could see all the lake of Cultus Lake. And had we not seen that, we wouldn't have finished our mission and we wouldn't have seen what was at the top of that. And God's called us to fulfill our mission. And if we're listening to fear, if we're allowed fear to speak louder than the word of God, we will not fulfill the mission that God has for us. Turn to John 10.10. 10. I know I just mentioned it, but I wanted us to look at it. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. How long have I been talking? But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't know if anyone's taking the time to break down this verse. But I, I love this verse because of the insight that, it, that you can get from it if you look at it in the Greek. The thief and the word steal. So steal, kill, and destroy. But the thief is from the word klepto in Greek. How many of you know where I'm going with this? The thief, klepto, which comes from the word kleptomaniac comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, you know what a kleptomaniac, a kleptomaniac isn't just a thief, okay? So he didn't just like come to your house and steal something. A kleptomaniac actually could just be talking to me. But a kleptomaniac, I could, I could be having a conversation with Willow, and Willow could actually just take stuff off of me, and I wouldn't even be aware of it. Can they do that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched stuff on this. People are not even aware of the stuff that they take from us. And the enemy works like that in our, in our lives. He's like slowly eroding away dreams, slowly pulling away at our destiny, slowly pulling away at our hope, slowly, you know, and he gets us focused on ourselves, and he gets us angry with other people and distracted with this and distracted with that, and slowly, and you come down the road in five years, and you're like, how did I get here? How did I not get to the top of the mountain like God, like I wanted to be? I know I was supposed to get there to the top of that mountain so I could see the view, so I could fulfill my mission. Why am I down at the bottom or why did I fall off the cliff? Because we listened to the fear. And he just came in slowly, 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 slowly he comes in. And what does the Lord say? He says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it comes abundance of life. So we have to... We have to, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I'm going to say something. We have to be careful who we allow, what we allow inside of our heart. Because I'm telling you, the offense isn't worth it. The anger isn't worth it. Giving way to the fear is not worth it because it's not going to take you to the other side of the lake. And in fact, what's going to happen is you're going to perish in the storm in your little boat and it's going to sink to the bottom of the ocean. But God's not given us, church, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, it, and we know, just like Jesus said, have you still no faith in me? Have you still no faith in me? But as we have faith in God and as we're walking up the mountain and as we look down that cliff and it's like, ooh, that looks a little scary, right? Or as we're in the boat and, we've, and the wind's coming, it's like, ooh, this looks a little. We can say, peace be still. As we're offended with someone, we can say, you know what, God? I thank you for your love that's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you cause all things to work out together for good. 
When you're lacking joy in your day, Father, I just thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you don't feel that you can do something, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I was packing to go here, I've been like had this dumb cold for like seven weeks and I got the flu like three times in a row before we came here and I was packing and Jake would know this I was like crying and I was packing and I was just like really sick I would pack for an hour and I'd sleep for two hours I'd pack for an hour and I'd sleep for two hours and and I'm not saying that so you feel sorry for me I'm saying that because as I'd pack I would say I'm healed in the name of Jesus for real because I, I had to pack. I had to get it done. I had to get this mission done. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And I'd pack another thing. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, and he will, like the Bible says, we raise, we raise, church, up a standard against him. Just like that old Kenneth Copeland song. And it said, I cannot be defeated. Do you remember this song, anyone? And I will not quit. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus, I've been loosed by Satan's pit. Um, I think it said something like Satan thought that he'd won the battle, but Jesus paid it all for me. I cannot be defeated. I'm sailed. I'm, I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm free. And I want us to stand up this morning. And, and I know Jake didn't lead us into this series for nothing. But we must, church. Casey, can you come to the front? We must. We must as the people of God. God's called us here for such a time as this. He's called us to this planet. He's called us to this church. He's called you to your workplace. He's called you to your family. Cammie's put you on an assignment for such a time as this. And when things in life come at us, and they will come at us, when fear comes at us and says, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money to do that mission outreach. I don't have enough people. What do we do? We step out and we do it anyway. And you know what we see? As we step out and we fulfill the mission that God has for us, Jehovah Jireh comes in and he provides. As we step out and we fulfill what God has done for us and we do our master's degree, we have the mind of Christ to do it. We have the capacity, but we must cross over to the other side and not listen to all the reasons why we can, can't do what God's calling us to do. And I don't know about you, but I will not be small. I will not think small. Brian Houston said this. He said, when we allow our fears and our insecurities to blind us more momentarily, we're often tempted to make the gate narrower than God does. Did you hear that? He said, when we allow our fears and insecurities to blind us momentarily, we're often tempted to make the gate narrower than God does. God has made the gate for your life wide. God has made the gate of your heart deep. God has made the grace on your life strong. Fulfill the mission that God has for you. And if we could just lift our hands to Jesus wherever we're at, because this is going to have spoken to someone, someone's, all of us, on some level in this place. But we're going to sing this song again. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. And we are going to receive everything that heaven has for us. 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love drives out all. Perfect love drives out what? So, Father, we thank you that you are the love of God shed abroad in the Holy Spirit towards us. We thank you that your love is 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.